At Gen Con this year, it was a running joke among my friends that I had to stop at every booth displaying anything even vaguely nautical or pirate-themed, which meant everyone else had to stop and block the aisles while I made the poor people running the booth give me their spiel, do the pitch, show me how the game worked, answer a bunch of annoying questions. Also, I'm the shortest of my friends, so before I'd even see a crow's nest or anything sticking up, I'd hear one of them shout like, uh-oh, it's another pirate game, everybody stop. I haven't really been able to get my head around the whole Disney Lorcana craze, you know? No shade. I'm just not the target audience for that, and the breadth of its appeal took me entirely by surprise, but I think the closest equivalent for me is that if you tell me about any kind of pirate nonsense, I am already preliminarily interested. I don't know why, I don't know whether it's nature or nurture, but ever since I read Treasure Island in like the third grade, I've just loved pirate shit, and 30 years later, I still do. But here's the thing. There were a lot of pirate games at Gen Con, and I didn't come home with any of them. I was so excited about every giant squid and painted sail I saw, and then the gameplay was explained to me, and... I wasn't disappointed, but I was no longer enchanted. I was like, oh, right, this is a game with familiar mechanisms where you push little bits of paper around. This is, this is not an escape from my mundane existence into a life of swashbuckling and sea shanties. This is a toy made out of cardboard. And upon figuring that out every time, which I had to figure it out anew every time, I was like, oh, looks cool, looks fun. I don't need it. But until I knew that, I did need it. Which raises a question that's been bugging me for a while, particularly when I'm talking to my buddy Alba. Hi, Alba. Hi. When we're talking about board games, which is a lot of the time, <laughs> you and I both have a lot of games. Correct me if I'm wrong, we both have a lot of games we haven't played. What? Yes. Right. In addition to the games we have that we've played and love and want to play more, and the games we own but haven't played, we both have long lists of games like friends or trusted YouTubers have recommended to us that we'd really like to play and or own. I would go so far as to say this is a little depressing, but if no one ever publishes another game for the rest of my life, I'm probably not going to get through my existing to play list before I die. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that assessment yeah. of myself. Of myself. I, I didn't want to speak for you, but yeah. <laughs> we have also both been freaking out for like two weeks now about all the new games that are scheduled to debut at Essen in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, we were looking at the at the list on Board mm -hmm. Game Geek of the announcements. There's like at least a dozen that I am like, I need that. I need it now. Yeah. Why don't I have that game right now? Yeah. It's not just us. I checked the Board Game Geek hotness list last night, mm -hmm. which... For anyone who doesn't know, is the list of games generating the most conversation and buzz on their platform. Seven of the top 10 are unreleased games. So given the lifetime supply of existing games that we have much more information about and much more reason to suspect we're actually going to enjoy, what is the appeal of the new game? Not like new to us, but new to the world, unreleased, not yet even an actual game, just sort of a compelling notion. Why does that hold such a lore for us? What do we want from them? What do we think we're going to get from them? That's the question we may or may not get to the bottom of on today's episode of the Punchboard Cathedral podcast, where we are discussing games we wanted to love. I'm Kenan, and joining me here in the bi-coastal basilica is my pal, my comrade, <laughs> my, my dare I say it, my board game bestie, <laughs> Alba, known across Instagram as Meeples and Beninis. How you doing, bud? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm just laughing over here because I feel like every time you talk about uh, all the games, everything you've been saying, I'm like, yep, yep. Oh, I'm just looking over my list right now of notes I was taking during the... <laughs> 
Suniva and and Johannes's like BGG hotness for Essen, and I was like, oh yeah, I gotta write that down. Oh yeah, I gotta write that down oh, too. Mm-hmm, I didn't I'm gonna even, check that game out. I didn't even watch that yet. We would never get through this if I had. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're talking about games we wanted to love. Mm-hmm. Games that we had this level of excitement about that we now have for the future Essen games, mm-hmm. but in the past mm-hmm. about games we now have played. Yes. Do you have one to start us off? Yeah, I do. Okay, so it's actually a game I haven't played yet. So the reason that it falls under this category is that during COVID, I, when I really got into games, because I, I, that was something for me that started during COVID. Um, my husband brought home a game. Mm. I was new to this world of modern bo- board gaming until he brought home this game, Jaipur, which probably a lot of people listening will know. Um, I bet he's so happy about that decision. Totally. Yeah. As he watches <laughs> the shrinking space in our apartment, he's like, oh, yeah, that was so great. I'm so happy I did that. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That game, I was like, whoa, this is this is a thing. Like, well, what else is there? You know, and I just as many people mm-hmm. started down the rabbit hole. And then I got introduced to Kickstarter. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Kickstarter? What? They do games on Kickstarter? Mm. So, of course, mm. I was like, oh, cool. Like, all these people are coming up with these new things. I'm going to help them fund them, blah, blah, blah. So, in this Kickstarter fever, I came across a game called Eternal Palace. And I thought, this looks so cool. It's like very Euro gamey with like a very colorful board and like worker placement and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, wow, this is like just firing on all my senses like all cylinders Mm. and i funded it and then time passed and then Mm. people started being like it's not very good it's not very good you know Mm. and it was kind of like the buzz of it just sort of like died down and finally as with kickstarter i got my game like probably two years later because covid yeah and then it arrived and i was like i don't feel like playing this you know Mm. so Technically, mm-hmm. technically, in a way, it shouldn't be in this category because I haven't played it. So I don't know if I'm going to love it. But I feel like I fell out of love with it before I even had a chance to play it. And it sucks because I just see yeah. it sitting there and I want to love it. I want to love but it. But that's really interesting, I think. To a certain extent, these games are never going to live up to our expectations of them. Mm-hmm. But whatever promise it offered you yes. faded before you even had a chance to disprove your own theory. Yeah. It's like everyone else's opinion already made me feel like I was going to be wasting my time or I was going to be disillusioned. And the thing is, like, I feel like intellectually, I think that's not fair because there have been so many times where people are like, oh, I'm not into that game. And I'm just like, oh, I thought it was cute. All right. That was like, I actually liked it. I think because this Eternal Palace just quickly fell into the category of like, it's fine. I lost the fire of like, oh, it's not this shiny, exciting box anymore. Right, and that's the thing, is that it might be fine. You might even like it, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a pretty good guess. You're not going to feel about it the way you initially thought you were going to feel about it. Exactly. Right, like that thing that you were thinking it was going to be, it's, it's almost certainly not going to be. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. It might be your favorite game ever, but like I mean, probably the not. odds of that aren't that high and you have to, yeah. right. I, I think you don't really back Kickstarters anymore, right? You were able to break the fever? Not much. I mean, okay, so I got really into it for a bit. And then I went in to have kind of a general disillusionment with Kickstarters, as tends mm-hmm. to happen because, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of follows this pattern we're talking about of like, there's a lot of games that get a lot of hype, a lot of hype, and then most of them don't deliver on the hype. But that's also, there's lots that do. 
Um, but mm-hmm. there's such a delay in the in when it reaches you that by the time it comes, you've already bought like a bunch of other games, and then you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. do I really want to get into this game right now because I have this other pile of stuff that's so shiny and exciting? You know what I mean? You've been into games for a few years, and I assume your tastes have changed in that time. Mm-hmm. You don't even know really like if the person you're buying that game for, which is you two years from now, Mm -hmm. is into that sort of game anymore. Right. Right? Or if that premise, like you were talking about a colorful Euro game, it doesn't feel beige, which I remember just a few years ago was a big deal, like when Botoku came out. Oh, yeah. And now it's sort of like, that's that's just what Euro games look like. In fact, it's like a little annoying because they all look like they are more exciting than they actually are. Right, right. Overall, I think this is a really good thing, but the quality of components and the artwork, there's more instances of really cool graphic design and palettes. Mm -hmm. And not every game is like that, but there's just more of that than there used to be. And so there's also that where you're just like, oh, this this one idea was like really interesting two years ago. But like now there's another game that has this idea and another new, you know what I mean? There's so much there's. So much good and so much filler. Yeah, I don't know. It can be a little bit overwhelming, which is, I think, how we arrived at this topic to the yeah. begin with. <laughs> well, the thing with, with board games right now, like in 2023, is that there aren't really a lot of bad board Mm-mm. games. Mm-mm. It's very rare that I'm like, well, this game doesn't work. Totally. It's just that there's a lot of sort of like B minus board games out there. Exactly. And they're good. They're impressive. Like, it's incredibly hard to make a B minus board game, mm-hmm. but there's so many that we don't need more of them in our tiny apartments. Exactly. And that's the thing. That's where the Eternal Palace, like, fell into this category because I was like, it's probably going to be, like, fine. And I'm, I'm sure I'll have a nice time with it. But, like, if I only get to play one game this week, am I going to play that game? I want to play a game where I'm just like, oh, I fell in love with this game. I want to play. Right, 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 Ta-da. right. right. So my first really, like, should be the perfect game for me, which is Role Player. Oh. Have you played Role Player? Okay, no, but I saw what you had to say about this game previously, and I was like, oh. Have you, have you played Sagrada? No. So Role Player and Sagrada are pretty similar games. They're both these kind of abstract dice placement games where you you roll dice and then you draft the dice that you rolled and you fill a grid with them. Sagrada, the theme is ostensibly stained glass windows. No, it isn't. But it doesn't push real hard to convince you that it is. It's sort of like, oh yeah, stained glass, the dice are clear, but it's, it's very abstract. Role player does. You start by drafting characters and you can get equipment cards and it's very much a D&D themed game. And mm-hmm. you are always very patient uh, when I talk about role-playing games. And <laughs> sort of like, okay, that's that's nice and I appreciate that. But like, I love D&D and when I... You act like it's not interesting, by the way. I just want to interject and say you act like it's not interesting. <laughs> like, I'm just like tolerating it, but it's interesting. Just because I don't have experience in it doesn't mean it's not an interesting topic. <laughs> I, might, I might be describing more what's going on in my brain than what's actually <laughs> happening. I think that's true. I love making D&D characters. I don't even actually like playing D&D that much, by which I mean I love running games. I love DMing, but I don't love playing in in games that other people are running. Mm. Um, Probably doesn't say anything good about me. I don't know, but that's just the case. But I love making characters. And uh, when I first got into D&D, I would just make characters all the time. And then a lot of times, since I didn't have any need for characters that I don't play as a player that much, I would turn them into NPCs, into characters in my games. But even if I didn't, I just like making them. And It is actually a very fun little puzzle because your character can't be good at everything. You have to sort of figure out how to distribute your stats. 
And so you go like, all right, this guy is going to be a feeble little weakling, but they're going to be like so quiet and sneaky or so charming that no one's ever going to want to punch them or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Or like this person's going to be a big dumb idiot, but they're going to be really big and it's going to be okay. You know, they're going to like say stupid stuff and piss people off and punch their way out of all their problems. So making those compromises, a story sort of naturally arises. Even if you never play a game with that character, there is this emergent narrative where you Mm. go like, this is the kind of kind of person this is how they handle their problems how did they get this way mm-hmm. your brain starts going and so role player is this d- dice placement game that is themed around creating characters in dungeons and dragons and so i was like well this is for me like i i think that's its own activity outside mm-hmm. of playing the game it's just making characters it just isn't fun for me mm-hmm. um because you don't have that uh, give and take of like, well, I'll be bad at this so I can be good at this. You just try to make all of your stats as good as they can be. But there's no story that emerges. It's just a math puzzle that mm. is themed around Dungeons and Dragons. It's just like, oh, this character is worth X points. Oh, okay. You know? And the whole thing about Dungeons and Dragons is that there's no points. There's no winning. There's It's just a storytelling game. So just to make sure I understand the gameplay, so are you just like, rolling dice and it's like this one wins like the the character creation has no effect on you know how the game is played your character is going to be worth a certain number of points and you create a character who is worth the most points which Mm. is like of course that's how games work Mm -hmm. right like i think i'm asking something unreasonable of the game which is that i i didn't realize until I played role player mm-hmm. that what I like about making characters isn't rolling the dice and getting the stats. It's the story that sort of starts telling itself as I'm doing that. I see. And there's no there's no story in role player. It's just like I see. the thing about this character is they are worth X points and your character is worth Y points. And that makes my character better than your character, which is mm. sort of like, even though this game is so closely based on Dungeons and Dragons, that's like antithetical to the whole idea of Dungeons and Dragons, which is that every character is good at some things. Every character is flawed. And together they make a team that can face adversity. Gotcha. And so this idea that like you're trying to make a character that's better Better than the other people's characters. It's just like, for me, it broke the spell. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I don't know. Everyone has an opinion about whether Sagrada or Roleplayer is better. They're really similar. I mm-hmm. think it's a question of whether the theme of one appeals to you better or you like the production of one better. And for me, even though I love the theme of Roleplayer, it makes me like the game less because it promises something that it doesn't deliver on. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically an abstract game. Right. Right. Uh, you got another one? I have a second one. Okay. Now, I want to say this one is not like I don't dislike or hate this game in any way. I just mm-hmm. thought I was going to love mm-hmm. it because a mm-hmm. lot of people were like, this is such a great game. It's like a classic. You need this in your collection because it's just like if you're always playing two player and, you know, you have a busy life and a kid and this and that. This game is the kind of game you're going to play like a million times with your husband. Great. King Domino. Hmm. I think this game is fine. I like enjoyed it. Hmm. I didn't love it. I wasn't like, okay, I need to play it again. It's a kind of game where it's like, if you are like, do you want to play King Domino? I'm going to be like, yeah, let's play it. I'll, I'll play. But I'm, I don't see myself pulling the game out and being like, let's, let's play a match of King Domino tonight. I'll play it because it's like I will play anything most of the time. I right. if, if I get a chance to play with somebody, I'm going to be like, yes, right. I will play whatever you want to play. And I didn't hate the game or anything like that. I just I just really went into it thinking like, 
oh, this is going to be like Jaipur. I'm going to feel like, woo, we have another two player 20 minute game that we mm-hmm. love and that's going to be on the table all the time whenever we like just need a little evening date night whatever and we don't we don't have time to get into like a deep game like we'll play king domino i thought it was fine didn't knock my socks off and i feel like there's a lot of cool two-player games that i would pick over it like if you even just off the top of my head if i was like i only have 15 or 20 minutes to play something we just played eight minute empire legends and i was like this is great love this or um Mm. boop even i really like abstract games i know we kind of are on different sides of that one but i'm like oh boop is great i love it i don't care that there's not really a theme to me it's fine i just love something that it's like i'm gonna have to think really hard during this little 15 20 minutes that we have probably Zach, my husband, you're going to outsmart me every time, but I'm going to have fun trying. Yeah. So what what do you think those games have that King Domino is missing? Is it that it's like too young or? Maybe. I don't know. I was like, maybe I, I actually left both matches that I played recently just thinking like, what am I like missing? What am I not understanding about like there being some more thinkiness to the choices? Because to me, I was just like, like, it seemed obvious. I mean, I lost. Don't get me wrong. Right, the I choices still, made themselves, yeah, you felt like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yeah. just to be clear, I was still bad at it. But I was like, I was like, it just seems <laughs> like I'm, I'm supposed to do this choice and I keep get, choosing wrong. But it seems obvious that I should be going uh-huh. for this. But maybe, maybe, I, maybe uh-huh. I'm totally off. And I would, if someone wants to teach me about King Domino, please teach me about King Domino. <laughs> right. Well, like you're saying, the best game is like the game that someone will play with you right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are lots of games that i think are sort of fine but i i kind of love them because they're the games that people like to play exactly like, the people in my orbit like to play yes totally this is an announcement that's like if you invite me to play king domino on bgm and be like yeah let's play yeah yeah and you're gonna have fun <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna it's have fun like you're not gonna like complain about it yeah no so i haven't played king domino but mm. i i've played dragomino which oh. i think is like the, the youngest version yes we yes. were going to stay with some some friends in Dublin and we had not met their kids. They had three daughters. Two of them were six and one of them was like eight or nine. So I, I watched uh, some videos about like kids games. So I was like, I think this one, I think Dragomino and I got them um, Ice Cool. Oh, I've heard good things about that. So I sent them ahead of me to Dublin. And then when I got there, I was like, hey, here's some things. I'm your new fun uncle friend. Right. Let's play some games. Dragomino went over well. We played the actual game two or three times. And the reason it went over well is because the girls were having so much fun naming all of the dragons and talking about how cute they were. After which point they kept playing with the game, but they stopped playing the game Mm -hmm. and they were just playing like play with dragons and dragon eggs. Perfect. And then Ice Cool, which is a game that's actually fun for adults and for everyone, which is you're flicking little plastic penguins around a maze themed around penguin school. Mm. We all loved that. And also, the next day, I came downstairs, and they were playing Penguin School. Like, not Aww. playing the game. They were The penguins were going to school and having classes and getting into trouble. And All sound like winners. Like, win, win, win. Right. So, they were, like, fine games mm-hmm. and excellent toys. Mm-hmm. Which I think, in both cases, but especially about Dragomino, sort of said something about the game. It's like, this is a game that's going to entertain your six-year-old, your, your, your friendly neighborhood six-year-old, um, a couple of times 
And then like right. they're going to have fun because they're kids and kids are fun right. and, and they're creative. And they're well, I will yeah. say this one thing. Here I am again, plugging Johannes and Suniva, but like. Because they're great. Yeah, because they're great. And their board game ramblings like Cole, you keep her Cole, whatever. Um, they did one mm-hmm. where they were mm-hmm. like, they got rid of King Domino and they kept King Domino Origins, which I have not played, mm-hmm. but. I really was kind of like, ooh, maybe I need to check out King Domino Origins. Maybe <laughs> that's my game. I did the exact same thing, which, <laughs> which is exactly exactly what we're talking about. It's like, oh, I basically know this game. I don't really like it. Maybe I'll like this other version yeah, of exactly. it. Exactly. Maybe that's what I've been looking for. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's my game. <laughs> All right. So my next one is a double. Um, okay. It's two games because I think my issue with them is the same. And I don't dislike either of them. I don't like dislike any of these games. As I was saying, I just, they're not bad. Mm-hmm. They just didn't quite like fulfill their promise to me. Mm-hmm. And they are Glow mm. and Flamecraft. I'm mm. making a lot of friends on here. <laughs> Glow, I feel like people know less, but I feel about Glow's art the way I think everyone else feels about Flamecraft's art. Mm-hmm. And Flamecraft is cute. It's obviously very nicely illustrated. The illustrations don't speak to my heart the way they seem to for a lot of people, but glows do. I was going to say, if you want, if I want to make friends, I'll tell you my honest feeling. I I avoided Flamecraft for a long time because I I don't like the art. (laughs) So this one part of me wants to say it's a little twee. (laughs) And then this other part of me is like, hey, listener, I like unambiguously love Bell and Sebastian and Wes Anderson. Not even <laughs> let me tell you the things that you like are twee. Yeah. <laughs> like, screw me, man. Totally, totally fair. And also, it's always so funny when people talk about games being too childish because we're talking about games. Mm-hmm. Like, we're adults buying ourselves yeah. rooms full of toys. Totally. And we're like, totally. Oh, this one's too little kitty. For yeah, me. exactly. But that is how I feel about Flamecraft. It just doesn't. It's not it's not pressing my buttons. Mm-hmm. Glows absolutely does. And I was like an indie comics kid and it's got that like scratchy, inky, hand drawn, like it's exquisite. Pen and paper kind of feel. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I don't even know I don't know that it actually is drawn on pen and paper, it just looks mm-hmm. like it. Um it looks like the old like indie comics of the nineties and early two thousands that I was in love with. I, I made some of they're really, the drawings are like, because they are not in any way concerned with realism, they're incredibly expressive. Mm-hmm. Flamecraft we got um, because m- my wife saw the art and she was interested in it. And I was like, like we were talking about, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to play a game? Well, let's play that game. And I will say that the art grew on me because the cards themselves has these very detailed Miyazaki-esque like market scenes mm-hmm. that actually appealed to me more than just like the cartoony little dragons did. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And I really like the premise of Flamecraft, like, um, which, which I think of as essentially what if we domesticated dragons the way we did cats, mm-hmm. right? Like cats are supposed to be these like murder machines, but they're just too small to hurt anybody. And like, what if we did that to dragons where we made them like so small and cute that they were just like, oh, and that like any sort of anything dangerous can be condensed into something sort of like useful. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. mean, cats are not useful, but they're harmless. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, yeah, so the idea of domesticated dragons had never occurred to me. I really, I really liked it. All right. Both of these games have these very richly realized fantasy worlds that they take place in. For me, neither one of them quite delivered on it. And, And Flamecraft comes closer because it has all of these 
cute illustrations of all these different shops that you can go to in the Flamecraft world. And they've got these like very good, but very awful pun names, um, like critical roles for the bakery. And it looks like this like cute little town. (sighs) Okay. Both of these games have resources and in both of them, they are kind of like elemental resources. You you need to gather fire mm-hmm. and earth and mm-hmm. uh, starlight and, you know, ocean, whatever. And those resources are entirely interchangeable. Mm. They're just currencies. In Flamecraft, you collect a lot of fire so that you can fulfill a contract and get points. Or you collect a lot of leaves so that you can fulfill a contract or get points. If you get magic potions, you can use those to fulfill a contract and get points. And in Glow, you sort of use them all to get like footprints that you can use to move around the map. They're not bad puzzles. They're interesting puzzles. But I want to feel like the fire can burn mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the magic potion can transmogrify, right? And... Um, and I was, so I was thinking about uh, the person who I think does this incredibly, which is Uwe Rosenberg. And as a result, his games are kind of fiddly because, like, you have vegetable resources that you get more of if you plant the vegetables you have in the ground. And you get you have animal resources that you get more of if you just have at least two of any given animal in the same pen because then they're going to breed and make more animals. And then you have mineral resources that don't reproduce. Those, those are just minerals. And there are some animals who have to go in enclosures, but then if you've got a dog, that doesn't have to go in an enclosure. That can go run around the farm. You have a, if you have a, a goat, the goat can live in your diamond mine, mm-hmm. but the rest of the animals can't live in your diamond mine. They'll die. Right? It's fussy. There's a lot of rules. But... All of those resources feel like different things. The vegetables feel like vegetables, and the animals feel like animals, and the minerals feel like minerals. And um, I find it very immersive. I don't think like, oh, I'm trading in four of this icon for three of that icon. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to feed these pumpkins to my horses, mm-hmm. use the horse to pull the carriage and whatever. I'm deciding whether to use the, the cow for its milk or the cow for its meat. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in both Glow and Flamecraft... All the resources are the same thing, which makes them essentially currencies. Yeah. They just might as well be coins, mm-hmm. right? And you're doing currency conversion. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm going to change these euros into dollars, and I'm going to change these dollars into pounds. <sighs> so I know that sounds nitpicky, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It makes me feel like I'm doing an abstract puzzle. And and actually, contrary to what you just said, I don't dislike abstract games. Mm. I love Splendor. Splendor is one of my favorite games. And Splendor is another game where all the gems are interchangeable. They're just, you could just, in fact, usually when you're playing uh, Splendor, if you if you have sort of normal color perception, you're going to call the gems red and blue and black, right? No one's really like, oh, I'm going to spend three rubies. But I don't feel like Splendor offered me anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it was like, let me whisk you away to a a world of Renaissance era mercantilism, which is, you know, ostensibly what it's themed after. But it's just like, here's here's a little puzzle. And I'm like, great, I love a little puzzle. I think I'm going to judge a game more harshly if it's like, come raise and train and befriend baby dragons and it's just an abstract puzzle then i'm like wow well, screw you man mm-hmm. <laughs> like i was i was promised something that i didn't get yeah anyway yeah no i think that totally makes sense i that would that would bother me too and it probably will cuz i have both of those games waiting to be played <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that you get over that faster than i do and i i also think you might like role player more than i do mm-hmm. because i think that like you're quicker than I am to go like, this is a cool puzzle. Mm. 
it takes me a while to get past my disappointment and then decide if something is a cool puzzle. Yeah, I don't know. I do agree with you maybe to an, uh, on some level about like the narrative stuff not, you know, not being necessarily as important to me at times. But I also feel like I like an abstract puzzle, but I also want it to feel like there's a point to like, why, why have, why bother having like five different resources if they're all going to basically do the same thing? It's not, you know what I mean? So we'll see. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? Okay. So my next one, you are going to know this one very well. This is a game that Mm. I was really scared to try for a long time because I really wanted to love it for a number of reasons. I feel like the theme was really cool. I heard so many great things about it. It's like so many people's favorite game or or close to their favorite game. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to have a bad experience with this game. I don't know why, but I just felt like hanging over my head was was this thing that it's also kind of notorious for having complex rules that are rewarding for a lot of people, obviously, because it's a lot of people's favorite game, but also can be a turnoff to many as well. So I wanted to be in the category of like, I'm, I want to love this game. There's just so much about it I want to love. But I was really scared mm. to try it because I'm also, mm. I'm a bad reader of rules. I'm just a bad reader of rules in mm. life, in everything. I just like, I'm not detail oriented in that way. So I was mm. convinced that if I got this box, it was going to be a bad experience because of me. So anyway, but recently we were at Gen Con where you and I met up. Mm. We went to the games library and you taught us this game. Mm. You and your friend taught us Spirit Island. And we loved it. It was so good. I mean, yeah, it was so good. I mean, listen, I think we had a great experience because we had you guys kind of walking us through it and being like, okay, you know, try. Honestly, I thought like my partner Zach I thought he was going to be like this is too kind of like too much there's too much happening and he was going to be like no we're not into this like I'm not getting this game for us you know but actually after we left he was like that game was really cool we should get that game I was like yes yes yes." and then he actually got it for you right yeah oh yeah and then he actually surprised me so the funny thing too was like as as you know because we're constantly like are you looking at this game what do you think of this game oh shoot this is in my shopping cart. So, of course, like Spirit Island was in my shopping cart for so long. I kept putting it in and taking mm. it out, putting it in. And then I'd be like, is this a good price? Or should I wait? And then um, one night I got so close to buying it. So close because I had this like shopping cart that I was like, I think I'm going to finally buy these things. And Spirit Island mm. is in there and it's kind of like on sale ish, but not that much. Mm. Ultimately, I was like, no, no, I'm going to wait. The next day, a box comes and Zach's like, I have a surprise. It's Spirit Island. I know. And I was so glad that I was like, so glad I didn't buy that because I would be I would have such like buyer's remorse if I was like so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That's great. He loves you so much that he made the Jaipur mistake all over again. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because there's so much Spirit Island. (laughs) <laughs> like if you get into it, there's so much to get. We're we're just we're just on step one. We're on baby steps. But no, no, um, no, I know, and that and that'll keep you. That box will keep you busy for a long time. Definitely. And it's mm-hmm. it's such a good game. And I think you know it is a very it is a very heavy game, but it's rated like a four or something on BGG. And I was surprised when I saw that because I think it's so thematic and everything makes so much sense narratively yes. that um, it's not hard to remember the rules. It's not hard to wrap your head around them or understand why you're doing what you're doing. So even though there's a lot of them, you're like, yeah, of course, like 
Of course, if uh, if an explorer comes to this part of the, the island, they're going to then go out into that part of the island. It just right. all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ah, good. I'm glad. All right. Well, I've got I've got one of these two, a game that I really wanted to love and then did, in fact, love. Mm. Mine is Everdell, which mm. is like, it was a pretty early game for me. Um, and I didn't know about it. And my, uh, my sister-in-law got it for me for a holiday. She plopped it down in front of me and I, and I was like, what is this? I loved the Redwall books when I was a little kid. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, this looks like, this looks like a game about Redwall. Like what? The cover I think is so spectacular. Just such a like warm, appealing, adorable looking game. Now that I've said that, that Flamecraft was too twee. Everdell is also very twee, but it, like <laughs> it tapped into like these particular things that I liked as a kid. Um, I love Disney comics, the, the like uh, Uncle Scrooge, DuckTalesy ones. Mm-hmm. And so these like animal worlds, you know, so into it. And then you play the game and it, it gives you exactly what you're expecting, or at least it did for me. It's like you build a little town full of animal friends. The postal pigeon works at the post office mm-hmm. in the tree. And like everything makes sense. And as you play the game, you feel like you, or at least I felt like I was getting to know this world better. Mm-hmm. Um, that like I was like, oh, I was invited into this world by this beautiful cover. And then I got to go visit the world. And every time I play the game, I sort of get to explore the world a little more. And even though it's still essentially just like a bunch of theme that's slathered on a, a math puzzle, a bunch of mm-hmm. like, you build different algorithms and whoever builds the best algorithm gets the most points. All of it really clicks. The The card powers click and they make sense. And uh, like we we're talking about at Spirit Island, everything makes this kind of narrative sense mm-hmm. um, that I find really appealing. I have not played Farshore yet, the new this new sort of like streamlined Everdell that mm-hmm. took over Instagram for a day. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, unfortunately for Farshore, the same day that Instagram launched threads and no one was on Instagram. Oh, right. You know, apparently, so I don't know. Have you played Everdell? I have not played Everdell. No, you don't. You find the tree obnoxious. I find the tree obnoxious. Okay, so yeah, I, I like, I, I just... I just, I don't know why I just don't find it appealing. Fair. I assume it's the same thing as Flamecraft, that it's like a it's little... It's the same thing. Yeah, it's just like childish. too yeah. too much, too much little... Yep. I, don't, I think it's like, I like I like creatures. It's not like I don't like creatures. I don't know. I just yeah. look at it and I'm like, it's a little too like cartoony yeah. too... I get it. I feel that way about creature comforts, which is like one quarter of a degree further along that dial, right, than, mm-hmm. than Everdell is. Well, anyway, in Everdell, there's constructions and there's critters, and you can put out a critter into your tableau, which is your city, for free if you have the construction where that critter lives or works. Mm-hmm. So if you, you have the farm, you can put out the farmer. If you have the post office, you can put out the postal pigeon, etc. Mm-hmm. That can... Uh, mechanically cause a lot of problems because you'll you're like searching this enormous deck of cards for something that will totally make your engine work if you get it and you never get it or you get it mm. too late or whatever. So in Farshore, they sort of changed it to you can put out any creature of the sort of the same suit. Like if it's a an agricultural themed building, you can put out an agricultural themed creature. Okay. And almost everyone I've heard talk about this has said like, this is an improvement, right? This, this streamlines it mechanically. But our, our friends Chits and Cardboard reviewed it on their uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, it streamlines the gameplay, but it makes it a lot less thematic because it used to be that you understood that this particular creature lived in this particular little hollow in a tree, and that sort of brought the story to life, and none of that is the case anymore, Mm. Um, which I thought was a very interesting observation about what makes Everdell 
click for me. Even the sort of some things about it that are a little annoying, they mm-hmm. uh, mechanically annoying, mm-hmm. really sort of it's this, it feels very immersive to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was one that just really delivered on for me what I what I thought I was going to get. You know, I'm you guys. You may still all of you the legions of Everdell fans. You may convince me yet. And like I said, I'm not. I I say these things, and I'm never the kind of person that's like. If I showed up to a game night and somebody was like, "Do you want to learn Everdell?" I'd be like, "Sure, let's learn Ever- Everdell." You know, yeah. but yeah, I I haven't like just has not called to me before. But everyone talks about it in this way where it's like I'm I might be missing something. I never know whether or not to recommend it to people because it was basically my first worker placement game, mm. and I love worker placement mm-hmm. and I love engine yeah, building. And me so, too. like it, you know, it's funny. I was talking about Ducktales, which was this mm-hmm. show that like. I didn't know when I was eight and watching it was just recycling and parodying all of these famous stories. Mm. Um, they, that was my first introduction to all of those stories. Mm-hmm. I was just like enthralled by the adventures rather than like, oh, this is a funny send up of whatever. Mm-hmm. Everdell is some of that for me. It's like it's it's borrowing all this stuff from all these other places, but it was my introduction to mm-hmm. worker placement, tableau building, engine building. And I was like, what? Like a game can do this? Mm-hmm. A game can make me feel like I am building a city and as my city thrives, like the, the community thrives and things grow faster. Yeah, I get that. I don't know that I can make a sort of like informed opinion about it now that I've played a zillion games that do all of those things. Mm. Sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good game though. All right. So we asked our friends on Instagram who we love to tell us what games they wanted to love. Mm-hmm. Should we go through some of their answers? Yeah. These are games that people wanted to love and didn't. Um, mm. Ark Nova, Astra, Azul. Uh, Azul was chits and cardboard. He, he said, I found it miserable after the first few rounds. Mm. And I don't find it miserable after the first few rounds, but I actually agree that it really peaks in the middle. Mm. And then your decision space contracts in such a way that you're sort of playing out the inevitable at the end of the game, at least in a two player game. Um, Botoku, this is board underscore ink time. Mm-hmm. Some year. I thought it would be an awesome game, but it felt meh, too bad. It's such a beautiful game. I don't know, but I think a lot of people have the issue with Botoku that I have, that I've been talking about of like, it promises you this like engrossing world of yokai and, and like Japanese myth and it's, it's your game, right? I don't know. I haven't played it, but that's my impression. Yeah. Brew, Canvas, Casting Shadows, City of Kings, Challengers, you almost bought yesterday. I know. Well, not really because I totally missed the whole uh, deal. Like I was like way late to the deal of the day, you know, so it wasn't like I almost bought it in that sense, but I would have bought it. If you weren't such an in-demand vocal artist. You would have bought this yesterday. <laughs> this is a Moss Board Gamer who said, I like the tournament style, but the luck-based auto-battling stuff turns me off and then made a, a medium frown face. Yeah, see, I, with that description, I'm kind of like, I think I'm glad I didn't get yeah, it. You dodged a bullet. Yeah. New version of Descent, Disney Villainous. This was, this was uh, Tante Tiffy, I think is how you said mm. her name. And I'm just impressed that she's willing to admit that she didn't like a Disney game. <laughs> As I'm saying, like, I don't know, it doesn't hold any particular appeal to me. I'm not like, hooray, I get to play Magic the Gathering, but with Moana. But like, I feel like everyone who's into it is just like insists that all of these games are incredible. And maybe they are, mm. but I'm, I'm not, I'm not persuaded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> We've mm-hmm. got uh, TJ of TJ Play Ga- Plays Games and Lanners Plays Games, both uh, they're both with me on Flamecraft. Mm. The game is afoot, says Heat, which I'm a little surprised to hear because uh, Heat is the opposite for me. Heat's a game that I was like, racing game, okay, whatever. And I love it. It is great. It is I so feel like fun. I'm going to love it. I really, really want to play Heat. 
Isle of Cats, Lestanza, mm. Mariposas. I agree about Mariposas. I like Mariposas. I think it's a solid game. It was actually made, I think, I think it was designed before Wingspan, but it came out afterwards and just had a lot to live up to, I think. Mm-hmm. We've got two people saying Meadow. Have you played Meadow? Not yet. But you you know this about me. I, I, I was kind of like uh, avoiding Meadow for a long time because I just, I don't know, there was something about it. It kind of fell into the Everdell category for me. I mean, I think the illustrations are cool, so it wasn't even really that. I think they're just, I just, when I saw the like wheelbarrow, the whole area that's like to the left, to the right of your tableau, or I guess it could be anywhere, but usually I see people place it on that side, so it was in my brain that way. Whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, that looks so fiddly, all that extra stuff on the side. Like, I just want the cards and the and the tableau part of this. Is it that it's too cute or that it's too busy? Or, or not either of those things. Maybe busy, but it seems like superfluous. Like there's something about like the design of the extra stuff on the side that feels like, is that like, did it need to be like that? It feels like a lot of busy extra things that it's like maybe could have been streamlined into something different. But then see, here's the, I feel like that difference between you and I about like, mm-hmm. maybe it gets you more in like the world of the game if you have that, have it displayed like that. Whereas like, I'm like, does it need to be like all this Frou-frou? <laughs> the, the, the graphic designer in me thinks that um, there is too much information in Meadow. Mm. Like when you look at the board, there's mm-hmm. there's useful information and then there's a lot of not useful information. Mm. Uh, and I just, I think it's a little much. But the, the two people who said Meadow, one was exploring board games. Shana is a lovely person and an incredible photographer and everyone should follow her. I think she does have a bit of a contrarian streak. So I was not necessarily surprised to see this. But I was surprised that the other person is our friend Nick of Uboard Games, um, who I thought this would be up his alley. And he said said that he uh, didn't dislike it, but that he just wasn't impressed. Mm. My City. Have you played My City? I have, yes. This is your boy. Knizia. Knizia. I love My City. But in defense of whoever said My City, I will say, if you're not into that puzzle, you're just not going to be into that game. Because Uh yes, you're changing adding little rules here and there but like it's basically the same puzzle but just with like tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and if you like puzzle number one you're gonna like puzzle you know 20 or 18 or however many there are um i think 18 okay so it's like you're gonna like it because it's gonna get more complex and more complex but at its core it's gonna always be the same puzzle and so you know i don't know i i love my city i love spatial polyomino games but yeah i get it I, I, yeah. It's not going to be for everyone. That was Journeys in Modern Board Gaming. He says he likes it, uh, but I don't love it like I thought I would. And you know, he's in the minority. I, I have my city and I'm excited to play it, even even though I'm not as big a Kinesia fan as you are. But I'm, mm-hmm. I love Tetris. It's maybe the only video game that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And I don't tend to love polyomino games. Mm-hmm. Whatever they add to replace the beautiful, simple mechanic of in Tetris of just time. Mm-hmm. It never like seems to work as well for me. But I'm I'm really curious to try that one out. The Meeple Versus comes out swinging with Obsession. Ooh. <laughs> I have not played that, but I know you love it. It's great. I would just say if you're not enjoying Obsession, you might not be playing with fun enough people because um, <laughs> it's delightful playing <laughs> with, with me. Or you just don't think it's delightful when people are sticking their pinkies up and doing accents. <laughs> Fair enough. Onitama, Ra, Radlands... Red Cathedral is also the Meeple Versus, and I agree with that one. Mm, I don't. You love Red Cathedral? I really liked it a lot. I mean, I yeah. am with you about there. There's definitely graphic design elements of it that I that I think are kind of like disappointing. 
but I don't know. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, it is a totally solid game. I think that's another one where I'm so interested in the subject matter that I, and, and people like built that game up so much that I was like, this is just a Euro game. This is like, a, it's a, definitely the just, thing yeah. that is special about it is that it comes in a tiny box, which is great, but it's not other than that. It's, it's a Euro game. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a Euro game. Saltlands. Scythe. Now, this is my buddy Sam the Kuma, and he adds, but I think playing it with you would change that. And I mm. just say to you, Sam, and this is what I've been saying to everybody, is if you play Scythe with me and you don't like it, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. It's just not your game. If you played it with someone else and didn't like it, who knows? You still got to try playing it with me. <laughs> Tang Garden, that's, that's Cards and Tiles. I've been worried about that. I've always wanted to get that game and always been like, this game looks too good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it can fulfill. Tiny Epic Quest, Trajan, Tribes of the Wind, that's Bear with Meeples. And that's another one that I like. I love how it looks so much. And I'm, I've yeah, heard me that too. it's just like an abstract puzzle. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get bummed. Yeah. Walking in Burano, Winterhaven Woods, Witchcraft and Yido. Mm. Okay. Then we asked them about games they wanted to love and did in fact love. We've got Anachrony here. Mm-hmm. We've got Four votes for Arc Nova. Mm. That's Cars and Tiles. That's TJ again. That's Uboard Games and the Meeple Versus. Um, I think from from Nicola, this is a funny one because he knows that this is a game where the the theme and look doesn't appeal to me, and he's he's constantly trying to persuade me that I would like it if I tried it. Yeah, same. Bamboo, Bitoku. That's on both of these lists. Castles of Burgundy, which mm. everybody's so happy they bought at the Aww. one chance they could oh, buy three hundred dollars worth of Castles of <laughs> Burgundy. We're not making fun of you. We're jealous. Yeah, can you tell we're like the only two people who didn't buy it? So we're like, wow, Castles of Burgundy with my special tokens <laughs> and my special acrylic whatever. <laughs> oh, I, need, I need acrylic instead of cardboard. No, the acrylic tiles look beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Dice Throne, Dune Imperium. Great game. Dungeon Pets, Eclipse Second Dawn, Everdell, Breastfield Hamster. I agree. Mm. Flamecraft, I stand corrected. Forbidden mm. Stars, Gloomhaven, mm. Heat Pedal to the Metal. So Meeple versus mm. uh, like this one as much as they expected to. Nice, nice. Nightfall, Lost Ruins of Arnak, and that's, that's Uvord Games again. And that is one that I really thought I was going to love was disappointed in because it's not about um, falling into snake pits and running from boulders. It's literally about doing logistics for an archaeological expedition. It's like, <laughs> we found a tablet, but we don't have enough brushes to brush all the sand off the tablet. Oh, no. We're going to have to go back to base camp and get more brushes to brush the sand off the tablets. We found a monster. They're going to need a brush and two pickaxes. Like, it is, it is the driest most beautiful game. <laughs> and then once I got over that, I was like, oh, this is actually an incredible game. The puzzle is spectacular. And and Uber Games, Nicola is one of the people who persuaded me of that. Marvel United, Mind Management, I agree, super mm, cool game. Really want to play that. Oath, I am dying to try. Same. And I just like, when? When are we going to have a big enough group to mm-hmm. play that game over and over again? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's Lanners Plays Board Games, Planet Unknown. Really want to uh, play that Radlands, too. Root. Actually, all three that you just, Planet Unknown, <laughs> Root, Radlands, all three. Planet Unknown is is very good. I I'm still like not sure if I should have backed the Kickstarter. I didn't because it was like $100 and I feel mm-hmm. like it's a $40 game, mm-hmm. um, an expensive package, but very good game. Root, I totally agree. Um, incredible. That's uh, Planet Unknown was Moss Board Gamer. Radlands is is Cards and Tiles. And Root is Rainy Brett. I don't 
I don't speak German, but mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that means foxy game. Mm-hmm. Scythe. Thank you, Tante Tiffy. <laughs> Space Base. Tapestry. Uh, tapestry is another one that I was like, I am bummed that all of these beautiful, unique buildings are just polyominoes. They could have been mm-hmm. flat. But then I got over that and I was like, oh, this is actually a great game. <laughs> Tidal Blades. VG Fly for fun. I agree. Great freaking game. Lots of people think it is too much, but I think it's perfect. Uh, Tucano, Underwater Cities, Venus, Wayfarers of the South Tigris. That's another one that wasn't as thematic as I wanted it to be, but it's an incredible puzzle, so I loved it. And Witcher the Old World. That's Sam again. I am... I am interested in this game, but I'm not like $300 interested in it. Which is $300? Well, no. there's the version that's cheaper without the miniatures. Oh, oh yeah. But the whole point the of mini- The Witcher is yeah, monsters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Normally I'm like, I don't need miniatures, but in this case. But then it's also like everyone says, well, people disagree on this, but I keep hearing like, oh, you need to add these two expansions in before the game oh, really okay. works and blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, yeah, no, The whole Kickstarter lot. thing of like, we split the game into four boxes. I hate that. To make a bigger Kickstarter. I hate I it too. I don't like that. So the last thing we asked people was what games do they currently want to love? Either mm-hmm. they, they haven't played them yet or they haven't delivered yet. Or like, what are they as excited now as they once were about these games that have since disappointed or not disappointed them? And these answers are A Feast for Odin, mm. Age of Innovation. That's Nicola again. And I agree. I am really curious about that one. Mm-hmm. And I am waiting I'm waiting for Nicola's opinion on it because he is a huge fan of Gaia Project. Mm-hmm. And I want to know which of, of this and Terra Mystica and Gaia Project, which of them do I get? Right. I don't need four of the same game. Mm-hmm. Agricola, Among Cultists? I have not heard of Among Cultists. It's new. But just by the name alone, it's it's already one for me. I'm like, what? what is that? That's an incredible name. I could be wrong, but I think it's a social deduction game that is coming out at Essen. Uh, I think. All right, all right. Uh, spell's broken. I mean, I like social deduction fine, but I don't I don't need more of them. That was Brett Spiel Hamster. Two votes for Artisans of Splendent Vale, which I think a lot of people have been waiting on for a really long time. Mm. Avatar, The Last Airbender, Crossroads of mm. Destiny. Sam, you're going to be disappointed in that one. Oh. Barcelona, I think you and I both agree with that. Definitely Barcelona is on my list. Concordia, Ex Libris, Frosthaven, Genotype, Imperium Legends. I agree. I really want to like that one, and I'm scared of the rule book. Mm. This is Boa, that's Bad Board Gamer. I agree with you also. Obsession, Solitaire Gambit, play it. Everyone other than the Meepleverse likes it. Perseverance, Planet Unknown, Ra, Revive. I love Revive, but I'm glad I knew going into it that it is not really a game about rebuilding a post-apocalyptic society. It's just a Euro game. Mm. Um, If you know that going in, it's great. Three Ring Circus, that's everywhere now. Um, Twilight Imperium 4, I don't. I don't think in this one lifetime that I have that I'm ever going to play Twilight Imperium 4, but I would really like to. I'm really curious about it. To let them, Too Many Bones, Uluk, Unconscious Minds. I am suspicious of Unconscious Minds. I feel like that's one that looks too good. Um, Vindication. And then just in general, people referred to the outstanding Kickstarters that they have, Mm. which would be my answer for that as well. The one I'm most most excited about and most worried is going to let me down is the sequel to Tidal Blades, Mm. which did exactly what I wanted it to do and what I wish they had done with Everdell. 
which is that it is a totally different game. It's like a dungeon crawler. It's a narrative adventure game with the Tidal Blades world and characters. Mm -hmm. So like the original game is this big mess of a Euro game where you are training. You're all like trainees learning to be champions. And now you're champions and you go off on your quest. I love that. I love that the world is the same, but it's a totally different game. Mm. And I find the world so appealing that an immersive narrative game is, is exactly what I'm looking for. So you got one of those? I have like a bunch of them, but I'm just yeah. going to run them fast. Yeah. You already know this, that we were both kind of like, oh, we don't need this game. And then we we're like, damn it. Now we need this game. Like Bonsai, mm -hmm. Forest mm -hmm. Shuffle, Heat, Pedal to the Metal, Scythe. Kutnahora, the city of silver. Oh, Kutnahora. Looks really cool. I am so excited about that one. Um, Planta Nubo, also, you you got me hip to the Planta Nubo, and then I was like, oh man, now I need to know, get this game. That <laughs> one, I want to be good so badly. Me too. A, because I love I love Uwe, and then also because he deserves to have a game that looks good. Yeah. And like I know this yes. is a, a co-design, yes. I think, with two other people, but for whatever reason finally someone did beautiful production on one of his games and i'm like please please like merit that production. yes All totally right. i'm with you 100 percent um Bruxelles 1893 mm -hmm. tequila which is like a roll and write game that's coming to essen i mm -hmm. oh, really only because i'm just like oh i really like the thing nobody's doing anything about tequila i love it i'm i'm into it wait everyone's doing whiskey let's yeah. come on come on so then obsession i really want to love that mm -hmm. game and then Sunrise Lane. That's the only one that I actually do have um, already on order, but I didn't get it yet. Um, and then these other three I don't have. These are also just back to the original category. It's like Kalimala, Lisboa, and Iki. Those are three other games that I I think they look really cool. For whatever reason, I don't own them or haven't played them. And I really want to one day play them and love them. I am really really into the idea of Lisboa and I'm just scared of it. Me too. I'm just exactly the to... same. It looks beautiful. I want to learn it and feel like it's amazing. I want someone who knows how to play it to teach it to me. Like, same. Don't make me figure that out myself. Yeah. Um, but same reason I'm excited about Barcelona. Uh, I, I love the idea of like a really thematic city builder Euro where you're actually yes. kind of learning the history of that place. And, oh yeah. And Barcelona, I want right. that one too. And I hope that was clear from before. <laughs> So have we figured it out? We figured it out. No, like why Why these games hold such appeal for us? These games that like don't even exist? Because it's new. It's exciting. It's mm -hmm. it's the promise of the experience you're going to have. You're going to, I mean, it depends what you're looking for, but like there's a story for each one. It's like you thought you were going to sit down and play role player and you were going to go into this world. It didn't happen, but that's what you thought. And you were like, I'm so excited about this shit. I told you with King Domino, I was like, oh, I think we're going to have this great little, little tiny box of date night fun that's like blah 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 and then I was just kind of like eh, it's fine yeah. but yeah that's the promise it's like there's a story there that you think you're going to live out mm -hmm. that's my take yeah totally I, I'm i struck by the, the impression that like we are giving game designers and publishers like a basically impossible task because mm -hmm. I, I think what we want them to do or at least what I want them to do what I want games to do is like reconnect me to this sense of like escape and immersion and play that, like, honestly, I haven't experienced since mm -hmm. I was a child, mm -hmm. right? Like, for the most part. It's it's like you're trying to get back to this feeling that, like, we all know we've had, like, this experience of play that is, like, so deep and pure that it effectively isn't play anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it's real. It is an alternative life outside of life. That like Like, I was talking about with my friend's kids in Dublin that, like, they could look at this um, this board game about, like, penguins in a school and, like, 
they were playing penguin school. Like they weren't playing a dexterity game. They just, they were in that world. Yeah. Right. They did that by abandoning the rule set. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, uh, and I think that like asking a game with like rules and mechanisms and to like give you that feeling, I guess I'm not sure that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know that a game can really fulfill that need. And for me, that's the lore of the like the new unplayed, unknown, unreleased game is that like, this is the one, this is Mm -hmm. the one that's like, not going to simply be entertaining, but it's going to like transport me from my dull jury day to day and let me be like a freaking pirate. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I can imagine that about a game that no one has actually played yet, even though I know it's never going to be the case. So I think for me, the, the games that I am most excited for are the ones that like I've given the most unreasonable task to <laughs> and that are most most likely to let me down. Oh wow. <laughs> but I don't know I don't know about you. Yeah. I have not learned my lesson. No. All right. I think that wraps it up. Playing us out today is gonna be you. Is this your band? Is this This is Alba and the Mighty Lions. It's a you know, it's just it's just a little curiosity. This is a song that never quite existed. It's a demo that you dug out of the archives for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for, for doing this with me. My pleasure. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.